It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. It is BGN Radio, and we are broadcasting live from the Xfinity Studios, only from Comcast, right here on 97.5. The Fanatic is John Barchard and James Zeltzer uh, getting a, uh, I don't know, uh, fired up would probably be the entirely wrong word, uh, but we have uh, Field Yates coming up at 8.15 to join us, NFL, ESPN Insider, also uh, fantasy host as well as you can catch him this morning at 11 a.m. on uh, ESPN Now for the, or excuse me, uh, yeah, Fantasy Now on ESPN News, which is coming up. But, yeah, James, I mean, we're we're talking about this thing, and we're just, I it's sad because I look at this as more of an evaluation game. There's no way the Eagles are going to win this thing. This is not a Patriots trap game. This is not, however you want to categorize it, it is not like, hey, well, they lost to all the easy teams, so now they'll squeak one in and, and beat the Patriots in New England. Like, it just doesn't happen. They haven't lost there since, what, 2008? Uh, and they haven't won or lost back-to-back games in forever. So I'm just putting that out of my mind. I think there's – I think – and that's and that's sad. I mean, like, we're looking for a moral victory today, and I don't know if that's enough for people, but it's enough for me. I mean, it's just to make it com- a, a competitive football game. I can't believe that we're asking for that. That's what's the ridiculous thing is. We're asking for a competitive football game today. And I don't know if they're going to get one, but it's uh, at least it's on 10 days rest and, as opposed to four. I, I feel like this is basically their Super Bowl. They're going to go toe-to-toe with, with the biggest heavyweight in the NFL right now, other than Carolina, which they've proved that they could semi-hang <laughs> at least at that part of the time. But you want to see the defense Come back. You want to see the offense at least score more than 17 freaking points. You know, you want uh, it, maybe not even that, just move consistently. You want to see if Bradford can bounce, uh, you know, off of that injury and start playing with some of the consistency that he had, not just in quarters by quarters by quarters or this, you know, first quarter is good, second quarter is okay, third quarter is bad, fourth quarter is great. You want to see 
something out of this team. And I'm I'm more excited to evaluate Eric Rowe uh, against not Megatron. <laughs> you know, that's that's basically like that's all I'm really thinking about. I'm already kind of moved on to how do you make this team better? I'm not really sure if I want this. I think the narrative changes if they somehow pull this off, but it, they're obviously not going to. But uh, I don't want them to make the playoffs. This team needs to get better. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I don't know if uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if that's good enough for any anybody. Yeah, I don't think this whole season is good enough for anybody. I don't think that there is a an easy answer here, John. I, I think that the vast majority of people probably would prefer a better draft pick than a, you know, meaningless win in New England. But again, you know, as 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 crazy as it is, if they win in New England and, you know, the Giants lose to the Jets, which is certainly plausible, no, Washington loses too. Washington loses to Dallas, less likely but plausible. I mean, it, it's so silly that we're in this situation. It's infuriating. Uh, I think we've all said up to this point now, it's like, all right, you know, like let's let's just move forward and kind of see where we're headed for next year. But... It's a really tough spot, I feel like, for Eagles fans, for this fan base, for everything that, that this whole fan base has been through, this this whole Chip Kelly thing this year where it's just gone from from excitement to to the lowest depression to the to the worst performances, 90 to 31. In a four-day span, they got blown out 90 to 31. And like you said, I, I think that kind of made it almost worse, that it was in a four-day span and now you got 10 days to think about it and to keep, you know, uh, looking back at that and saying, you know, how did it go from from a, a mediocre team or, a, you know, with flashes of, of good and flashes of bad to the worst team in football, John? It, it's it's just shocking. Well, and I guess that's also I'm battling that and uh, also stewing in it. I'm I'm so tired of trying to, like of be a part of all that stuff like we're just we're killing everybody we're killing some of the players we're we're ta- we're going so heavy on everything we're hanging on every single word that these guys are saying and I understand that we're an obsessed fan base we want this to be better but all week it's just kind of been this like uh, enough already like geez I'd like let's let's get to the game at least before we start pounding everything in here well uh, uh, our producer Andrew Salchunas puts a good question up on the board if they did win, and again, I think we both agree that it's a it's a you know a five percent chance. You know, yeah. any given Sunday, all that crap. Need that ace on the river. Yeah, they're not <laughs> winning this football game. They're not. They're just not going to win. Even if they play them tough, even if they outplay them, Tom Brady will find a way. Belichick will find a way. They're just better than the Eagles, and they will find a way to win the game, especially in Foxborough. But let's say the the craziness, the miracle, whatever. Let's say, you know, it's just that day. Let's say Brady gets knocked out in the first quarter. Who knows? The Eagles win this game. You know, how does that change your opinion? Like, oh, do, it completely flips it, it for flips everybody. It. Absolutely it does. And and you'd be lying if you, if you said it didn't. Like, See, I feel it does to a point, but it, I don't think you can forget that two-game span. I, I know you can move forward and teams get blown out all the time and, and go back to have good seasons. But to, to, I don't know how this fan base forgets how ugly it got. It's a, yeah, but it doesn't. That's the thing. If you beat, if you beat the Patriots, then that I think that just amplifies how much that like you definitely you can definitely beat the Giants in Washington at the end of the year. True. Uh, you know who knows what happens with Arizona and everything in between. Same with those guys too. I mean, we don't. I'm not expecting Dallas to take care of business against Washington at home. That's 
that's that's very unlikely as well. I think the you know the Jets have a really good chance of beating beating the Giants today. They're kind of in similar situations there, but I think that flips it completely. If they win, everybody's going to, I mean, you're going to feel good about it. Yeah. You're going to go into Foxborough and a place they haven't lost in uh, almost seven years. And you're going to come up with a win with this crappy football team. Absolutely. You're going to feel great about that. Uh, but I'm yeah. I, but uh, again, I, I still battle back and forth on whether you almost where, want would to you want to continue yeah. with that. Look, Chip Kelly, whether he's here or not, and it, that's the kind of that's the crux. We talked about that on the podcast too at BGN underscore Radio. Uh, we do it two times a week there. If you want to kind of check that out, but that's what we're saying. Like, is it? I, I this this team needs a top fifteen pick. Needs a top fifteen pick without they need an impact player, and mostly they need an impact player on offense. That just needs to happen. I don't care if that's a quarterback or an offensive tackle. Uh, even a wide receiver. I'll go Detroit Lions for the third year in a row. I don't care. There's a, there's a couple of good wide receivers that are up there. You need a guy that has to you know has to put an impact on this offense, and you have to see like I, I think it changed. If I, I tell you what, if they win, not only I, maybe not the playoff picture, but I I definitely think it changes the quarterback discussion. You know, I, I would think at that well, point that I, means probably Bradford played pretty well. So then we're probably talking about that and bringing that up again. I think the quarterback discussion was changed just by watching Sanchez play. No, I mean, I know we never have been super psyched about Bradford and he hasn't been great. But just watching those two games from Mark Sanchez changed the quarterback discussion. I, I think yeah. that people appreciate Bradford. At Excuse least. me, sunk cost. We need to yeah, refer to right, sunk yeah, cost. Exactly. My, I, I apologize. Uh, but seriously, you know, that I think that that people at least a little bit, uh, you know, I don't think people are, are super psyched or really excited about Bradford, but you have to feel a little bit better about him after watching the way Sanchez played for two games. Sure. Yeah, no, you, uh, I mean, there's that there, but I, I, that, on its own, you know, that that's, that's there. Now you want to see, okay, well, can he just, can he just rise to the occasion again now and, and finally start moving forward? So maybe, uh, maybe you don't have to take a QB in round one. And that's, again, that's going to be up to everybody's opinion just because I don't think there's a first-round quarterback in here anyway. They're going to go early because of their position, but I think there's not much difference between all of, all of those guys that are there. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it'll be interesting if that happens. Um, but I, I'm still way on this team. where wh- Whatever it needs, it needs to be in the top 15. Like, it can't I, – I don't know. And, and that's the thing where we talk out of both sides of our mouth, too. That's one thing, thing that we were saying last year where – Hey, maybe it was a good thing that they missed the playoffs because it really made them evaluate what was going on. And then we forgot about that because the replacement was so bad and the season ended up being so bad. Um, you know, I, I don't know. So does it how, how much would it really help them if they went on a playoff run? Yeah, I don't. I think you, it helps. It's they're I 28 mean, years old. I think they're 28 points, you know, point six is the average age for this team. So I don't, I don't know how that improves this football team. I don't know if improves is the right word, but I think that, that with what all that we've seen this year and, and how this has gone downhill so quickly. And the fact that I think that we both believe that Chip Kelly will be back next year. Obviously the, the Paul Domowich article comes out this week where he says that sources close to Lori said that he still believes in chip still backs chip, which we posited here. We yeah. thought that, you know, he was willing to give the guy the keys to the car He's going to give him a, a little bit longer than 11 games to decide if, if he's the guy moving forward or not. So, you know, we've seen that, but 
I think that if they went on play a playoff run, and again, I really don't think they're making the playoffs. I don't think they're winning today, but but hypothetical, yeah. and I know Chip loves hypotheticals. I think that it would do something for the whole narrative around this team. I think that it would do something around, and we're going to get into it, this idea of, of no effort and of Fletcher Cox and that awesome interview with Anthony Gargano. Where yeah, Anthony, I mean, Anthony's like begging him to understand, to say, hey, you know, we're not out to get you. We are rooting for you. We want you to succeed. And we got a funny way of showing it sometimes. We do. No, that's (laughs) fair. But you know what? It all comes from passion. It's not something where it comes from from a lack of knowledge or or a being a bad fan. It comes because we care. And this team just got their doors blown off twice in a row. So, so I just think that they're that. That narrative, I think all that stuff changes if if things were to get better and and they were to do something as shocking as make a playoff. I think we get, I think it is because of a lot of those things that you just mentioned. I also think it's, whether we like it to hear it or not, and this is something we can get, you know, Field Yates is coming up in in about four minutes here. Uh, We're going to keep this discussion going all morning, but I, I, I think it's, I think it's caring, and I also think it's very thin-skinnedness. As much as we, as much as we champion being tough in this town, and as much as we champion about we're some of the smartest fans in the in loyal, and that is all true. We also have to accept that, yeah, there's a little front runner in us as well. Without a doubt, there is. But that, that's and, the nature and that's of fandom, and that's not yeah, and that's not unique to to Philly. That's everywhere, and you see it in ticket sales with the Phillies this past year. You see it pretty much everywhere except for the Flyers, but you know, water's wet. <laughs> just kind of that continues to happen, and I'm a big Flyers fan as well. It's just that's where I I I understand where a lot of that's coming from, and again, just like I'm talking about, the doom and gloom is very. Necessary, like it, it, it. You you should have been completely embarrassed and outraged, but we take it so personally when that happens, and I think that's a great thing and a bad thing. That's like that is a double edged sword. I, I think it allows us only to focus on results, only to focus on a lot of different things here, and we we end up taking it out on uh, everybody and everything, and just like you know, we're 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 talking about. Which is, which is, I mean, I thought it was hilarious that the morning show brought up the <laughs> blocked by Brandon, uh, Brandon Graham because that's been going on for two years. Yeah, like, that was yeah. just kind of like, wait, why am I blocked by him? All of a sudden it's there. And the same with, uh, you know, Fletcher Cox. And, and there is some a disconnect. There is not understanding between some of those guys in the fan base. And I don't think that's a, a good thing. But again, if they were winning, we would not care. I, I agree with you, John. I, I do. But I'm sorry. When you play that poorly, multiple games. Oh, no, you you should get it. You That's, should yeah, get that, it, yeah. and you have to understand that you're going to get it, and it's deserved that you get it. I get what you're saying, and we are reactive. I, I We did a whole show about it a couple weeks ago about being too reactive and, and, and you know, be bailing on Chip Kelly too quickly or whatever. We, we do that across the board in a lot of cases, but in this case, where fans pay their money, where fans live and die with this team, for guys to come out and, and, and call them out, call the fans out, that, I mean, that, that crossed the line for me because you guys are the ones playing like crap. I'm sorry. Like, you, you, you deserve it. You deserve to get slammed. Oh, yeah, absolutely deserve. you do. So, uh, you know what? And the point is, it comes from passion. It comes from caring. It comes from us giving a crap about this team, wanting this team to succeed, and, and having to watch that, that drivel on the field. So I, I don't I, – I'm, I'm good with it. I think that those guys need to realize and, and internalize that and say, all right, if everyone's against us, if it, media, whatever, if you want to believe that, that's fine. Use that to your advantage. 
Belichick. We're, we're playing the king of that this weekend. Belichick yeah, has made time. a career out of nobody believed in us and saying, you know, uh, th- this year we're seeing with the Deflategate, you know, uh, response. We saw it with the Spygate response. That's what they do. They say it's us against the world. And Chip has a perfect opportunity to do that, and we haven't seen that. And that's, you know, and that's concerning. That's what I'm saying. Like, there is there is that opportunity. There is, uh, you know, this should be like, hey, and Fletcher Cox even even said it on the morning show. And we heard it on the replay this morning where it was just like, hey, you know, this the outside is trying to tear us apart. You know, I don't think that's I don't think that's no, true at all. Yeah. That's, that's, that, see, that's that's where it's like, OK, that's a ridiculous statement. Yeah, like, we're just calling out things, things. That, that are happening on the field. It's not we're not, you know, making stuff up to, to criticize you. And the back and forth between, you know, there's players that came out on the radio this week and we're we're criticizing some of the way that things go. But I also think we misinterpreted a lot of that. What was going on? There's 53 guys in a locker room. You're not going to make them all happy. If Malcolm Jenkins wants to practice a certain way or feels coached a, a certain way, you can't do that to the other 52 guys. That's what I'm saying. Well, sure, and I think we're seeing that, and I we've talked about that a lot, you know, Chip and personalities and, and human interaction. And, and that really, I think, is the, the area where Chip does need to get better. He needs, and I think it's a bit of an overblown narrative, and, and we're going to go to field right now, but I do think that, that Chip has to work on his personal interactions and, and the way he, you know, on a human level, he needs to find ways to, to interact with these players as people instead of as, you know, his his players. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's uh, let's bring in the big man. Uh, you can catch him, you know, on, uh, on see his glowing face on the ESPN. He's an NFL insider. He's also the co-host of uh, with uh, Matthew Barry at the Fantasy Focus podcast. And like I said, you can catch him this morning on ESPN News at 11 a.m. to watch Fantasy Now. He's uh, on the line with us on the Comcast Business Hotline. Mr. Field Yates. Field, what's happened this morning, bud? How are you? Gentlemen, gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing, what's up, Phil? Doing great. We're trying to uh, we're trying to pull out of this misery here, you know. And we're looking, we're trying to look at the big picture, uh, and it's really hard to do. I was just saying at the top of the show that this is this is more or less this needs to be at a minimum a moral victory. Uh, you know, a lot, pretty much all of Philadelphia's turned on Chip, turned on the regime. I, I don't know what is it looking like on the outside to you. It's kind of fifty fifty from a lot of different people locally, nationally, whether he'll be back. How do you feel about him as coach and GM moving forward? Yeah, I, listen, I think in terms of him uh, at Gordon, uh, you know, there was a point where I think we all sort of entertained the notion uh, of Chip not being in Philadelphia next year. I think that most importantly, though, it's, first, it's important to say that it's too soon to tell, right? Like, it's too soon to forecast someone not being with their current team in the NFL. There's still five Sundays left in the regular season. So unless it's already been a move that had, or a move has already been made, you know, a lot, uh, Miami, uh, moving on from Joe Philbin, you know, it's too soon to say that someone's job security, uh, is on thin ice. That being said, I think with chip, if you take a step back, guys, just sort of think logically, if he wanted to go to college, there are two obvious avenues for chip. If he worked to be in Philadelphia, one would be going to college where he was a superstar coach for Oregon. And two would be, coaching somewhere else in the NFL. Now let's look at the obvious hurdles for each. For, for going back to college, what job is left open that would attract Chip Kelly? I mean, I think the answer is there really isn't anything out there. There's really no What are you saying? Maryland's not a great job <laughs> field? No, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so didn't, didn't DJ Durgan already get that job, by the way? I think that one has been yeah. filled. Oh, yeah, no, it has been filled already. That's point. right. So now that DJ's there, you know, the last job, yeah. But you know what I mean? Uh, there really aren't any college jobs that I think you could say would attract Chip. Then you take it to the NFL level. Let's envision a scenario that another team wanted to hire Chip. 
let's just say, and just for fun, we'll just go with Tennessee just because Marcus Mario and everyone's connect those dots. Let's just say Marcus, let's just say Tennessee wanted to hire Chip uh, because they don't believe that Mike Malarkey will be their full-time head coach. Well, here's the problem. Philadelphia, as they should, would say, okay, you want to hire Chip who's got two years left on this contract? Give us a first-round pick or give us multiple draft picks or give us a player in exchange. And I don't know that Tennessee's going to want to budge right now. You know, it's a different valuation of Chip, at least in my opinion, than it was three years ago. I mean, there were multiple suits. I mean, it felt like Chip was rebuffing offers from people left and right before he came to Philadelphia. We remember the drama that led up to that point. But now, if you're Tennessee... If you can't get Chip because the compensation is too high, you may say to yourself, all right, we would love to have him. And, again, this is all speculative. I'm just saying that, you know, it seems to me like there are too many hurdles to not believe that the most likely scenario is that Chip is back in Philadelphia. And the season has not gone anywhere close to his plan, guys. And call me nuts, but I still think Chip is an excellent football coach. Not a good one, an excellent Wow, I love that feel. I I, t- I agree with you, and I think we've seen that that Chip, the GM, has kind of screwed over Chip, the coach, and I don't think a lot of people are willing to give him the time as the GM to figure it out. Uh, we are, but uh, you know that that's a separate thing. Let's get back to the coaching thing, though, because I agree with you, but. My biggest complaint with Chip has been that we haven't seen the innovative stuff from a coaching perspective this season. We haven't seen those interesting, uh, you know, offensive ideas and formations and and different personnel and, and, you know, being different on offense that we saw a lot his first year and a little bit last year. Why is that missing? Is it strictly not having the talent to run it? Uh, where is that disconnect from the, the you know, interesting, innovative offensive coach we saw? And obviously based on simple concepts to this kind of just the same stuff over and over again. Well, you know, guys, I think there's probably, I don't think that I would say the offense lacks innovation entirely. Um, I do think that it's, you know, part of the, you know, I think something that's limiting the, the offense, and I don't think this is a mystery, I'm sure you guys talk about it all day on your station, is the quarterback can play, right? I mean, yeah. if you don't have the quarterback that has the dual-threat capabilities that you need, uh, it's going to be difficult to run the offense that I think all those associate Chip's best offense with. You know, you've got to have multiplicity. You've got to have ways that you can put defenders into a pick-or-choose situation. So, for whether it's the read option where you're trying to base it, you know, really I think what Chip's offense has been at its best. And it was very good the first year uh, in Philadelphia, even with a not particularly mobile quarterback in Nick Foles. But let's go back to Oregon when he had Marcus Mariota. When it was at its best, to me, to break it down simply, one of the tenets of it was we are going to create a numeric mismatch. Three on two, two on one, you know, even four on three, like whether it's, route concepts, whether it's design runs for the quarterback, that was where it was. And I just, I don't think we see a ton of that right now. Um, I think the quarterback guys, I think that's really sort of the bugaboo, you know, I mean, that's, that's, and that's yeah. the case mm-hmm. for so many teams in the NFL. How many teams can you say that, that don't have a great quarterback? Can you say, all right, well, you know, this, this is a, uh, you know, an offense is running in all cylinders, right? Now, hooking in all cylinders. I, I don't want to oversimplify it, but the quarterback quandary is one for, you know, close to half the league. Yeah. Um, well, that's and, yeah, and that's like the that, that's what we're saying. Like it's it's, it's the, wild. The, there there are no good quarter. I mean, how can you not find thirty two guys who can play this position? The matchup and yeah. the ma- the matchups alone just today. It just like every week, I feel like I'm seeing saying that field. Like you look at the matchups here, it's like oh god, you know. And that's well, why and that's why there's so many bad teams this year. There are so many bad teams, and you think about quarterbacks too. Is it's not just a quarterback that's capable. It's a quarterback that's consistent. Uh, how many people would have thought that Jake Cutler? 
was a worthwhile keep yeah. for the Chicago Bears at this time last year. I, mean, yeah. I can't tell you, I couldn't go five feet without hearing someone or seeing a tweet or even talking to someone being like, you know, Cutler, what a disastrous contract that is. Yeah. Here's the reality, guys. The Cutler, the Cutler contract, it is what it is. It's market value. Jay Cutler, when he's healthy, when he is playing well, and that's meaning not turning the football over at an alarming rate, he's worth what he's being paid right now. A year ago, people were saying that was one of the worst contracts in football. So you need a quarterback who's capable. You need a quarterback who's consistent. That's easier said than done. And for Philadelphia, I think you need a specific type of quarterback, too. You need one that offers something more than just the ability to throw from the pocket. No, I agree. And it's just hard to find. I think it's hard to find that combination. And looking at the draft, I'm not not sold that there's going to be one in there either. That's why I think they need to bring Bradford back. And keep drafting. They need to kind of Seattle it here a little bit and just take multiple lottery tickets here and hopefully something hits. But I want to. I would just want to talk about the Pats too uh, because I guess there are so many different parallels and I, a lot of people, not just Chip Kelly, but a lot of people look to Bill Belichick. A lot of people try and compare their coach to what they're doing. You know, he took over a front office, and I'm not saying that he's like. He, I, I think he is a great uh, talent evaluator. It's just that there's. There's been a lot of misses, too, um, and I, I just don't know. What is it that separates him from the rest of the pack? Like, how is it that he's coming in today with Danny Amendola, uh, no Gronk, a bunch of other different things, a so-so secondary? They've only lost one game here. How does he keep doing this? You know, I think that Bill Belichick has the rare ability to have a plan that caters to now that also is built to last. I mean, if people always want to say, well, he has Tom Brady. You know something? Give me a break on that stuff. He does have Tom Brady. That's absolutely correct. But you know something? Look at other teams around the NFL that have a premier quarterback that are struggling. Like Drew Brees is on his way to his second, or, or could very well have the second consecutive losing season. So I think that it's, it's mitigating the brilliance and excellence of the organization to say, well, it's just Tom Brady. Patriots have a plan for right now. They've also got a plan for the future. You think back to this offseason, and the Patriots were, I don't want to say inactive, but they were not spending big in free agency. And everybody said, well, you just lost Terrell Revis. You might as well, you know, you guys better be able to score 50 points next year because otherwise your defense won't be able to start anybody. And they didn't go out there and they didn't add a bunch of cornerbacks. They didn't go up in the drafts, try to draft one of the top draft, uh, top cornerbacks. They had a plan. And they also knew that if they spent a bunch of money on players that weren't worth it right now, then a year from now when Dante Hightower, Chandler Jones, and Jamie Collins are all not only eligible but due for extensions. Now Collins would be would have another year after that. But when they're due for extensions, those guys would be tough to keep if you overspent right now. And I think the Patriots, they sort of just tab the guys that are building blocks. They value them accordingly. And then I think on the field, that's sort of the front office personnel side of it. But on the field, guys, I just don't know that we see a more prepared team week in and week out in any level of football. They seem to know every situation. They seem to have every – I feel like they have every situation built into some sort of memory bank that they just can – they can tap into – at the moment that they need to, it just it's it's really impressive, guys. Um, you know, you hear from players who who go there and they talk about how different things are. Every day is a grind. Every day is the, the, the preparation is so serious with them, and that, I, I mean that in a positive way for the Patriots. So 
it's an impressive operation. I think we should appreciate the sustained success. No, it's a great point. And you heard it with Malcolm Butler saying he practiced that play in the Super Bowl over and over and over again. He knew it was coming. You see it all the time. Field, we, we got to let you go. Uh, Field Yates, ESPN. Uh, today, 11 o'clock, ESPN News, Fantasy Football Now, Fantasy Focus Podcast, ESPN NFL Insider, and just the man. Uh, Field, we really appreciate it. On the way out, real quick, uh, is there any chance the Eagles keep this close today? Uh, listen, there's always it's the NFL. It's always always a chance, but I do expect the Patriots to take care of business at home. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's pretty much we how we feel too. too. Moral <laughs> victory. All right, Looking for the moral victory. Thanks, Field. We appreciate it, bud. Take care. Uh, Lenny, Wade, Vince, Carl, John, I know you've been hanging out. We just had uh, we had to get Field on there in the first 15 minutes. We will definitely be going through the phone lines when we come back. It is BGN Radio right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Got no friends. Yeah, I'm going to do this track. Westside, M.O.B., Bad Boy Killer. <laughs> hey, Fat Boy. Ah, uh, yeah, it's BGN Radio. On 97.5, the fanatic John Barcher, James Zeltzer, Andrew Salchunas behind the glass. Teams, the band's finally back together after a little bit of hiatus here. I love it. Uh, yeah, uh, great interview uh, from uh, Field as uh, smart, interesting just, again, and and that quote that uh, that he can we just real quick and you can see it on the Fanatic Twitter page. You can call me nuts, but I still think Chip is an excellent coach, not a good one, an excellent one. Yeah, from Field Yates. That's interesting to hear someone from a national perspective who really knows football and a guy who worked for Belichick come out and say that it is interesting because we have not heard a lot of uh, chip support these days and uh you know we it, it's it's funny too because we do a lot of especially here and you know a lot of people get upset obviously when you try and compare chip kelly to one of the greatest coaches in the nfl and bill belichick so we're actually going to play a, a little side game too this morning as uh we're going to roll right up to until uh, nine o'clock and still take your phone calls uh, but uh, we're going to give you a quote and then you got to tell us did Bill, Bill Belichick say it, or did Chip Kelly say it? I don't really care. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, right. Listen, Chip, I do. I do. As we uh... Real quick, before we go to the phones, uh, Jason Lock and Fora just uh, about 10 minutes ago tweeting out a report, and uh, this is not something necessarily new, uh, but he is saying, according to his sources as well, team and league sources, ownership has no plans to move on from Chip Kelly well, there you go. after the season. Uh, he said, for now, in the title, the title of the, the article is, Chip Kelly likely staying put in Philadelphia for now. So it is, we are starting to hear those rumblings of, and and usually that stuff comes out, whether it's through Domowich, whether it's through Lock and Fora or whoever, that stuff comes out because Lori is saying to somebody, let them know that, you know, let's start preparing people. At, at least that's my take on yeah, it. Yeah, sure. And I think, I think a lot of the, the first half of stuff of just like, of anytime you're going to hear losing locker room, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of that information's coming from agents. A lot of this stuff would be coming from the other side, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just to, and I, and I get that. I think he's saying like, it, we're not doing it. We're not thinking about it right this moment. But I mean, if they get blown out and lose every single game, then we're probably going to talk about it. it. As of right now, it's okay. That's how I interpreted that. So yeah, and and he's got to keep that obviously that door open. You never know what's going to happen. But at the same time, I think that you know we're starting to see the. I think that everyone's like, hey, we need to hear Lori talk. We need to hear Lori talk. We need to hear Lori talk. That's his way. He's kind of talking. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with. <clears throat> How are we saying that he might be in the running for a GM job? But I won't get into that. Let's get to let's give uh, Lenny his thirty seconds of fame here. Lenny, what's going on this morning? Uh, good morning, there, gentlemen. Most people call Sunday as the Sabbath day, and they and they worship. I worship you two uh, guys. Oh, look at oh, that, Lenny! It, Thank, Thank you, you sir. Lenny. The Reverend James just called me Superman. So <laughs> <I love laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> 
Uh, first of all, if the Eagles should win today, then it will confirm that football is fixed. <laughs> right? It feels that way, right, man? Uh, uh, okay. I mean, come on. Let's. I, I think the only thing I'm betting on today with my friends, will we get another 45 smacked on us? Uh, and I think it's probably going to be like 41 uh, to 10. But uh, anyhow, um, it's just a pleasure to talk to you guys every Sunday morning. But I think this thing is going downhill like a, a, a ski sloper on this great slalom. You know, you used to watch that on the Olympics. And uh, this is just really crashing down. I really believe that this man has came in with this high-powered do-this and smoothies. And I, and it's quite obvious it's sinking faster than the Titanic. Well, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's Titanic. Maybe it's uh, – see, I don't think – I think it's more like the, the, the pontoon boat. You know, you took it out for a ride, and there's like, you know, you realize there's a bunch of holes in it. And it's just going to sink in the lake, and you got to swim to shore and find a right. better boat. But yeah, you're right. I mean, like, absolutely, Len. We appreciate the call, buddy. It's just, was a, that was a good call from yeah, Lenny. Yeah, right yeah. I was, there. I was, I was, was a no stick. No, nothing. Just uh, went to the point. See, Thank Lenny, you, Lenny. You get, get more time nice once, once you there. get the concise things there. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's the other thing that's just been kind of brewing here. I actually don't know how big it is. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, Just like we were talking about with agent information versus executive information. It's always going to be a different feel. And it, it all depends on, on sources. The people I've... I mean, like, listen, I'm not trying to be Adam Schefter here. I'm just saying the people that I've talked to around, uh, around just our circles, it's 50-50 there, too. It's not like... Yeah, Lori's feeling one way or the other, or he's thinking about the future or anything. Nobody really knows. And it's the same with the locker room, too. There are people who are frustrated, but it's not like an overwhelming majority of, like, everybody's done here. Yeah, and ultimately with any of this kind of stuff, uh, media, you have to think about where that message is coming from. Even when you watch the local news or the CNN or anything, you know, there's always some sort of message that's being filter down from the top out so when you see this kind of stuff when you see these reports you have to stop for a second and say all right who benefits from this who wants this out there and kind of the purpose behind it to contextualize it and really understand what what it's saying and what it means all right let's go to uh wade and chester wade you're on bgn radio this morning how are you good morning good morning gentlemen what's up wade Listen, man i I just want to simplify things a little bit for us because we sit here acting like we don't we haven't been watching this game for years and years and years. Chip Kelly really does not know what he's doing. Now we're going to sit here and try and put a square peg into a round. We already know this guy only had three years of experience in coaching football coming into the Eagles, okay? So, therefore, you don't overpower him and give him too much power. Give him the stuff that he knows how to do, which is pretty much nothing. Well, wait, wait, wait. I know what you're saying, but you can't say the dude doesn't know nothing. I mean, we just had Field Yates on. Hold on, wait. I'm going to give you your time. We just had Field Yates on the air who who, who knows more about football than me and John combined and and, and you as well. Like, the dude knows football. He worked for Belichick. And and granted, this is his opinion, but he called Chip Kelly an excellent coach. And I'm sure most people around here aren't going to disagree with that. But we can't go to he knows nothing. We can't go to this guy is an idiot. We can't say that. what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying nothing to the sense that if you look at everything that Chip Kelly has done, and so that guy that just came on and taught his uh, uh, Chip Kelly, show me an excellent move that he made. And since he's an excellent coach, give me an excellent decision move that Chip Kelly has made since he's been in, in Well, that's, I mean, wait, that, wait, that's going to be all subjective, but the, I, think, I think what we forget is that most of the players that have been jettisoned were the correct move 
It's the bringing in that was not. And we're not even going into the GM yeah. thing. We're talking about Chip Kelly, the coach. That's and, what I'm talking about. But look, Wade, right, we Wade, Wade, Wade listen. Yeah. Wade, listen. 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 I get it. It's been rough. There have been a lot of real coaching issues this year that we have seen. At the same time, he's 24 and 19 with Mike Vick. Mark Sanchez, you know, Nick Foles, a, a cavalcade of, of also ran type of NFL starting QBs. Again, I'm not saying that Chip is not culpable, that we should not be upset with the way he is coached. And obviously the general manager he's been, but let's not go all the way to the other end and say, this guy's a total idiot who knows nothing. That that's, that's, that's over the top. Yeah. I, I you know, it's just, and that's, but I, again, I get the frustration because that's how it feels. Oh, yeah. Feels. It's coming you look from at the emotion, two sure. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Vince in uh, Bristol. Vince, what's happened this morning, man? Hey, good morning, fellas. Morning, morning Vince. You know, I, I, two quick things. Uh, first of all, the, the, the last thing I want to see is a close game where, God forbid, an Eagles win. <laughs> because I, I really don't think I can stomach seven, the next seven days of delusional Eagle fan talk about all the scenarios that could possibly win a division or get us into the playoffs. Well, they're going to talk about that if the if the Giants and, and Washington loses, though. I mean, that's what I, I'm saying. I, I want the narrative to die, too. It's just like, I don't care. Like, they're, they're not exactly. good enough to contend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and no, even I'm if they you. did, they're not making a run. Right. And, 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 I'll, and I'll tell you what, while I was on hold, you guys brought up two things that kind of go together. The first-round pick and the, the quarterback confidence. I'll tell you what, they had better hit on that first-rounder because our second-rounder is that chandelier that hasn't played in three weeks. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean that, yeah. That, yeah, whatever. No, we're I mean, we're like, all that's... upset that we all know that I'm with you, Vince. You're right. Giving up that second rounder sucks. Yeah, <laughs> we all know it sucks. And, and what's funny? I mean, I was I was not a falls guy by any means. If that was a straight up trade, I would have sucked it up. But man, that's gonna stick in my yeah. Soul. But here, if it had been I'm a straight up, it would have been I, a steal. Actually, is the point now, Vince. This is what I want to ask you though. If that second rounder was still here and Foles was still here. Is there less heat on Chip Kelly today? No, not at all. Yeah. Well, see, that's what. Well, then, I, not, I, then what's the point then? That why? That, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to. I get it. I get it. He was right about Nick Foles, and I think he was right about Nick Foles in 2014. And there was some. Here, here's the other thing we discussed on the podcast. The way that I've I've heard it is that if Howie and Chip didn't agree on a player. They didn't take him, which is the dumbest strategy. Yeah, literally the dumbest I have strategy, ever yeah. heard in my life. And so now I get why it was like, dude, this can't happen Has anymore. Has to go one way or the other. This is ridiculous. So when you have that kind of thing, and I'm just connecting dots here because it's, trust me, it's all speculation. But if Howie was in charge of drafting Nick Foles uh, for a third round pick and value, and that's his guy and blah, 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 that's probably where you would run into, we're going to draft a quarterback. And he goes, no, we're not going to do that. So that's how, that's how you get Marcus Smith. And I'm not putting it on. I'm putting it on both. Yeah, of them. you're right. That's yeah. a ridiculous draft strategy, and that's why it was so weird. I'm telling you guys, 2014, yeah. the whole season is the reason why this is here, for better and for worse. Like that's they're a year behind. So that's why I'm saying lose out and go get a top 15 pick. Yeah, I also think they panicked. I, I think that they were going to take Cooks. I think they were going to take Haha, and then that kind of went down the way it did. You know, they didn't know what to do with 22. They trade back, and, and it was just a whole situation of, of kind of panicking. And and like you said, no real communication in that draft room. All right, let's go to uh, Carl in a cell. Carl, you're up on uh, BGN Radio here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Good morning. Um, I, I feel like I need to step up for the, for the common man, the fan, for a second with regards to some of the comments earlier about being 
thin-skinned and, and front-runner. I'll, I'll tell you this. If I had to list from an, from an Eagles leadership standpoint, um, some of their, 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 their liaisons, I guess, for the, from the coaching staff to the locker room, I, I think of the top four, you, you, would, you would certainly have Jason Peters in there. You would certainly have Malcolm Jenkins in there, who was a Chip Kelly guy. Chip Kelly brought Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins in. Obviously, uh, Jason Kelsey would be. Three, would you agree that three of those guys would would be kind of some of the leaders? Oh yeah, in the absolutely, room? absolutely. So then, so then, short of the fans, two of those players, the Chip Kelly guys, and Jason Peters and Malcolm Jenkins, have given not anonymous quotes to the media in terms of one is I'm not playing for Chip Kelly. I play for the owner, and two, the other one blatantly calling out how people are held accountable in the locker room and as a whole, the coaching staff. And when you, when you talk about the fans, I gave Chip Kelly the benefit of the doubt last year when they quote-unquote collapsed. Guess what? They lost their starting quarterback, and they weren't able to, to win enough games to, to, to beat out the Cowboys. I, I wasn't killing them, even though some people said, hey, the starting quarterback that played was Mark Sanchez, a Chip Kelly guy. In terms of this year, the blowouts that, that, that they've, they've gotten rolled at home by sub-500 teams, and how many games this year have the Eagles been favored that they've lost? And, and I, I can't tell you how many times it, it, it kills me to hear, well, the other guys get paid too. Well, you know who gets paid? The bookmakers in Las Vegas. And they get paid better than anybody because they know what in turn is really supposed to happen. Take it back to Carolina. Take it back to Tampa Bay. When the Eagles lost. I'm not sure where you're going I'm here, I'm kind of confused here, man. <laughs> well, I don't under, what, what does Vegas have to do with this? Vegas has to do with this. This is the thing. Vegas knows what they're talking about in terms of the Eagles should have been better than they were. Sure. We and all know that. that. Well, yeah. Carl, we we all expected more. Maybe not should have been better, but we expected more. Carl, sure. the Eagles don't get favored because they think they're better. The no, Carl, they, they get, get, that's, yeah, that's, they, that's get the money in. Yes, that is, get, that is Vegas, no relevance on it. Yes, it's all about you're trying to set a line where you're going to get an even amount of action on both sides. So, you know, people, the problem is that there was an overinflated perception of what this Eagles team could or would be, both national and locally, and thus Vegas has just overrated the team, and Vegas clearly took too long to swing back the other way, as yeah. evidenced by a lot of the the silly, you know, favorite Eagles' favorites lines when when we knew they weren't good enough to be I'm sure. I'm sure you know three three weeks in a row you could have been a rich yeah. man, you know, <laughs> go back right. to week one if you just you know however you felt about the team. As we go to John and Glassboro, John, what's up going on this morning, man? How you guys doing? I think good. it's gonna be five in a row. We're waiting for you guys to get it. Like the last people to the, if you didn't see it, this is the worst product to watch. If you watch it with five, six other games, it's unwatchable. He destroyed the team. His GM moves are terrible. His drafts are terrible. How is it? How is this? How is this year's draft terrible? I'm just saying overall. If you're going to just defend, I'm saying this draft between Marcus Smith. And whatever. Yeah, yeah we just said that yeah. that's on both of them, though. That's what I'm saying. And if like, you, you go can't... the year before, you got Lane Johnson and Benny Logan and and Ertz, who still you know has been great. But these are good picks. You can't. I think draft isn't the way to kill him. You kill him for kill the, him in the free agency. Yeah, the free agency, and then the you know trading players away and stuff like that. That's the kind of right. stuff you can give him. Public perception and and these players in the locker room, they're screaming out like we gave it up on Thanksgiving. We gave it up to Miami. We gave it up to Tampa Bay. How obvious it can be when they're smiling, giving up touchdowns. They don't care. They're not playing. Uh, that's John, a bunch of crap. Yeah. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like we, the, for us to to judge a player's effort is 
is whatever. Like I, I'm not. I'm never going to question it because I'm not in there. I'm not getting my head kicked in. Thirty points. I'm going to quit too, man. Like that's that is such an overrated thing that's been happening the past ten days. Listen, they got their ass kicked on Sunday. Four days later, the defense is absolutely exhausted because oh yeah, Tampa Bay drove down for ten minutes in the opening quarter, scored a bunch of touchdowns, embarrassed them. Then four days later, they're supposed to recover. The offense doesn't adjust. That's on the offense. It has nothing. I mean, there's there's stuff. There's obvious criticisms with the defense, but. Uh, just, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, that was a top 10 looking defense. So blame Chip Kelly's offense for that happening. I wouldn't want to be out there either, man. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there, then that's what causes crap going on in the locker room. I'm still out there. The offense doesn't do it. Listen, if you want to take cues from Malcolm Jenkins on how he was coached, that's fine. I'm, I'm fine with, I want him to voice his opinion as a fan, as somebody in the media. Absolutely. You can't do that on a football team. Uh, you know, you should keep that stuff in the locker room. But again, like, there is logic to it. And if I'm taking my cues from what? Who, Rob Ryan? You know, Greg Williams? <laughs> okay. Like, you know, they had, I, I, I don't, it, it's just, I, to me, it was more like personal preference. If he's If he's getting held back by not being able to call out players, that's a whole different thing entirely. But... I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like we're we're too wrapped up in the in the in the last two weeks here. And oh, if it yeah. continues, then we'll have our answer. But I, I don't know. I just think I think it's been again overblown. We've we've reached the 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 tipping point where it's all on that side and it's not back in the middle again. Yeah, well, because I think we've none of us have ever seen something fall off a cliff that quickly. You know, right? Well, that's the other shocking thing too. Unbelievable! Like, oh how how quickly, how precipitous the drop was, and I think that's really factored into the kind of way we interpret and react to that. But more so, John uh, from Glassboro, Chip. We're talking about the fact that it's very likely that Chip will be back next year. So are we going to do two years of of fire Chip? He killed everything. He's the worst ever. Are we going to try and figure out, all right, what does this team need to do to get better? What, what, What can they change to become a better football team? How can they correct the mistakes that they made? Wide receiver offensive line, Uh, you know, there's stuff that they could go out and do to make this team better. And, And instead of saying, you know, Chip's the worst. Fire Chip, fire Chip. Yeah, he had an awful year. No one should be saying Chip Kelly is the best and and supporting him. But you also have to be somewhat reasonable about this and pragmatic and realize what the situation is and try and react to that and find a way to move forward as a fan base. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't accept the that there are other things going on here, that there was... It, it, a, a tough situation just just from everybody's standpoint and I don't understand the uh bring back howie mentality I don't there is I, I mean I I whatever I I personally think that howie gets way more credit for stuff that he shouldn't be getting credit for uh and that's pretty obvious by to me by not taking another GM job people not reaching really reaching out in yeah, the Yeah why isn't anyone giving him a GM job um, or even looked at him But until... I don't want I don't want to focus on that that's not me deflecting Chip Kelly's mistakes here it's just like there's there's so much more at play uh with especially from the GM side that I just think it's it, it's uh we don't understand that in perspective And I wanted to get into the player thing with you because I did have a little bit more of a problem with the effort and and the kind of gutlessness of the performance than you did. Uh, not that, you know, I get that if I were out there and losing by 30, I'd, I probably wouldn't be psyched about being out there either. And thus, the narrative is kind of a flawed narrative. But at the same time, 
these guys went out and got their asses kicked two, in four days, 90 yeah. to 31, and, and showed no heart, no will, no guts. And that bothered me. And, and, and spinning it into this week, talking about, you know, obviously we don't think they're going to win the game, but... What can we see that might give us some sort of hope moving forward? And I want to see guys go out there and play with some heart. And I know that it's kind of a cliche thing to say. And, and you know, it's again, it's a lot of situational type of stuff with a lot of other stuff going on. I need to see some heart from this team today. I have to. No, and, and that that I get. Uh, if, but just as a long term, I mean, the, that's where we're, I don't know, we talk about we talk about heart. We talk about grit. We talk about all that stuff. And then we go and turn around and say, like, but, the, but what this team really needs is talent. It needs talent. needs talent. It doesn't it need heart. It needs both. talent. It needs both. Yeah, and they and they do. And I'm not saying that um, it, you, it doesn't. I just, like, it's so, like, it's just, again, we're in the, we're in the everything is terrible. Throw everything out the window. This is, And I agree to throw it out if it, if it continues to be this bad. If there is a blowout loss. Like there was at any point in this season, like the past two weeks, the past two games, I'm on board with that. Like that changes everything. You're like, okay, well, everybody quit. Like everybody did literally quit on them and you have to move on. There's no way you can recover from that. And that's still a uh, a huge reality here. I'm just, I, I don't want to do that as you're going to about to face the Patriots and you're going to see your second round pick get heavy minutes here. You're going to see a lot of different things of, you know, we judge the draft class from this year already. We're judging... Everything in passing, it's it's suddenly all on Chip Kelly, and not that it shouldn't be, but again, there's just so much, there are so many different factors going into this thing that in year three of a completely different, I, I just wonder if it, it wasn't Chip Kelly as a GM and it was somebody else, whether they'd want them gone at this point. Yeah, and I what, don't, I don't know. That's that's you know, I, I think it's I think it's loaded on Kelly. And not as some other random dude who's in the GM's office right now. Right. And you're saying, obviously, if the situation were the same, if it was another GM who had come in and made the yeah. same moves. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting way to look at it. But uh, going back to, to this kind of what we were talking about with Field and, and the Belichick thing and how this guy has been able to do this by having his team so prepared and so ready for every single situation they could face. I think that's kind of a legitimate criticism of Chip that you can say this year is is this team has not looked ready in a lot of situations and not even just the 45, you know, point losses back to back, more so just across the board this team has never really looked together, you know, continuity has been a serious issue, cohesion has been a serious issue. And that's that to me is more concerning with yeah. coach than it is GM. That's what know? I'm saying. That that's the that's where I have my coaching uh uh complaints in addition to the, you know, offensive scheme type stuff and and being a little bit more creative than we've seen, but you know, it, again, it comes down to talent. It comes. To, there are so many issues with this team right now. It's it's not a one thing fixes all. And, and if you get rid of Chip Kelly, it's it's probably setting you back. At, At least, least a year. Yeah. Probably, maybe two. I don't know. Let's uh, go to Arthur on a cell. Arthur, what's going on, man? Yo, God. Yo, Yo Arthur. Yo, been talking to you from my ride home from the Brigada. But listen. Did you win? Thank you. Yeah, when I went in with 10, I'm leaving with 12. There it 12 is. Dimes. That's good. Taking two dimes home from the Brigada, that's a miracle. There Beautiful. All right, now let's keep it real because you wait. Here you go. Thanksgiving Day. Calvin Johnson. They had the rookie on him. Chip Kelly never made the adjustment. Now, how do you say he's a great coach when he never made the adjustment? Uh, we, we've said, we've called the issues with his coaching this year. I, I'm, I, 
I'm not arguing with you, Arthur. I'm saying that there is the potential there for him to be a good coach. We've seen him win with bad quarterbacks. We've seen his system work on the NFL level. Uh, but there's no excuse for this year. There's no excuse for how he's coached. But the commentators are out there saying, when is he going to make the adjustment? I mean, you're saying, oh, the guy from the window said he's great. I know, brother, he's not great. I didn't say that. That's not what I'm saying at all. Well, tell me if you were to rate Chip today, this way we got it out in the open because I'm listening to you, and you're not saying at all he, he needs more. What is he? Is he average? Is he a genius? Because no, I don't I think it's that simple. I don't think it it's it's no. I think that he's a smart no, we're, guy we're, we're who understands for... football, who has some real issues as a coach, who has some real barriers that he needs to work through, both from a, a personal interaction standpoint and a scheme slash program standpoint. I just think that that right now. I don't think you can totally judge it based off this 11-game sample size. I think we look for black and white answers, and there's so much gray in here. And I think that's a lot of it's because it's not uh, not public and not out there, and there's not a lot of, like, there, there, trust me, there was a lot going on behind the scenes for the past two years, and it's not all just one singular thing. Um, so that's why I think I'm, you know, whatever. I, the, the Homer tag, like, chip bot, fine. I'm, I'm riding the, I've got the, the, the C on the, on the shirt and I'm ripping it open and whatever. I just wanted to make sure, again, like we talked about last week, that this doesn't happen and we're not a more expensive Cleveland Browns. I think it's really stupid to pay for somebody's NFL education and then throw him out into the wolves and have him go somewhere else. Like the Cleveland Browns did with Bill Belichick. (laughs) Not that Chip is, he's not, but that's what happened in Cleveland. Belichick went there for five years, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that he is even deserved of the title to be mentioned in the same phrasing of that, and I'm not even, I'm not even thinking of Belichick. I'm just thinking, listen, this is, this has been shown that he's been a great coach, um, and this year he looks like the complete opposite of a great coach, and especially his first run as a GM looks horrendous. But I'm not uh, – one year, especially in this crappy division, to lose out and to go get an impact player might actually help you if Washington gets convinced that Kirk Cousins and Jay Gruden are the answer. More on this. We got Brandon Lee Gowton coming up at 9 o'clock, and we'll go through some of these uh, awesome talking points that we've been going through all morning long right here on BGN Radio. It's 97.5 The Fanatic. Biggie. We're, we're NFL players, we're pros, we respect each other. You know, who who cares that we're talking to the other team? That had no effect on us winning or losing that game. I mean, of course you want to respect each other, you want to laugh and play, you know, but when it's time to get serious, you get serious. You know, nobody cares about what the outsiders think because he was talking to his ex-teammates or he was laughing with Jameis. That's out of respect. I don't think anybody can take my smile away. It's BGN Radio on 97.5, the fanatic broadcasting from the Xfinity Studios. Only from Comcast. John Barcher, James Zeltzer, also known as Homer Radio. Make excuses radio. Fraud radio. Why, why is it that? I, that's why I don't understand. Like, why is it that we, uh, I, anything we don't like, we call it, it, everything's a fraud. Well, and also, why does it have to, yeah, that's true. But why it. does it also have to be so aggressive one way or the other? Why can't we, you know, have a, a, a reasonable, hopefully intelligent conversation about a situation Without it turning into, oh, you love Chip Kelly, or oh, this or that. Why does it always have to be that? Well, Why can't it just I mean, be a back and forth I, about, about, it, we're, we're, 
it's I, I do kiss a Chip Kelly poster at the end of the night, so I can't lie. You know, it's in there. So we're gonna start a blocked by James uh, thing on here. <laughs> Brandon Graham will not be the only one. Uh, I'm I'm S O F T as well. Uh, Want to remind you about the fanatic deal of the week this week only? You get a ticket to see the Impractical Jokers with the tenderloins for just twenty seven fifty. That's a pretty good deal. Practical uh, Jokers coming to the uh, BB&T Pavilion, uh, formerly the Susquehanna Bank Center, on Saturday, December 19th. That's coming up pretty fast, so go to 975thefanatic.com to grab this deal because it ends today. Today. So you got to get on that. Uh, do it right now. Immediately. But uh, I tell you what we also have to do immediately is welcome in the Hefe himself from BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, joining us right now on the Comcast business line, it's Brandon Lee Gouton from Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon, what's happened this morning, man? How are you? Doing all right, guys. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm here, and I guess we're ready to talk about this game. <laughs> what the excitement yeah, is just yeah. emanating. <laughs> booming, <laughs> booming at 9 o'clock this morning. Well, that's what, I mean, we talked about it at the top of the show, and I'm more of the mind now that it's just this is in the, an evaluation game for a lot of things to see if Chip Kelly really has indeed lost the locker room uh, for Eric Rowe. I'm looking for a moral victory, and that's completely sad here. Is that how you're kind of looking at this game as well, BLG? I completely agree. It is sad, and it's but it's the truth. I mean, the Eagles are just not going to win this game, and that, I don't even think that's me being negative. I don't think that's any of us being negative. I think it's just the reality. Uh, obviously, the Patriots are a very good team, 10-1 this year. Their only loss came last week on the road in overtime. Uh, Patriots rarely, rarely, rarely lose back-to-back games. They've only lost four since 2003. Tom Brady hasn't lost a, a game he started and finished in Foxborough, I think, since 2012. So odds are clearly stacked against the Eagles here. As you said, I think you're looking for this team just not to get blown out super badly. Brandon, where do you stand? We, we were just talking about uh, the players. We talked about Fletcher Cox, who we heard coming back from break there. Where do you stand on this whole, you know, effort issue? Do, do you think these guys are quitting when you watch them play? Do you think that they are not giving, you know, the effort that they should be? And also, as a member of the media, someone who covers this team, how do you react to this narrative that, that the media is out to get these players coming from that locker room? Well, the first part of your question, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit in studio last week. You know, it's hard for me to be the guy who questions the effort because I think it doesn't make sense to question effort a lot because, you know, a lot of these guys, no matter whether they like Chip Kelly or not, I mean, they're playing in the NFL and this is their career. And, you know, if if they're not giving effort, they're not, not going to be in the league for very long. You know, other teams are going to see that as well. So, there's not a lot of reason for them to be giving up, even if they don't like Chip or anything. But, you know, I look at the effort we've seen on the field, and, you know, it's hard for me to say these are guys really fighting for Chip Kelly to stay. And it's hard for me to think, you know, especially at the defense, that, you know, that was so good this year and, and, and wonder, you know, how did it get from being so good to so bad? You know, effort is one of the factors that you would think have contributed to the decline of the defense, but I don't know if, if um, I don't think media members are necessarily out to get players. I think, you know, maybe certain targets form in certain players if they're not most, the most media friendly players, but I don't think, you know, largely the key, I, I can speak for myself and say that, you know, I don't think I've been targeting anyone. I don't know if anyone else out there has been, I can't speak for them, but for me, I think, you know, it's just, it's just been a disappointing season, and, you know, as soon as losing starts happening, things pile up. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just, and it steamrolls and you can feel it in, in everything. And I don't, I don't think it's, again, I don't think it's wrong for these people to, to kind of, there's nothing to go with there. I think that's where the downfall of not having access there, creating what you have to do. You got to go seek out whatever kind of information that you can get from here. And it's, it's just kind of steamrolled this week, but yeah, uh, BLG, and we we've we've uh, we talked about this on the podcast as well. But um, are you of the mind now, where it's just, hey, I, I don't want to talk about a, a playoff run. I don't want to talk about being a game out. I want talent on this team. I need there has to be a top fifteen pick that comes in here and changes changes the franchise more or less. Yeah, I'm I'm on that train of thought because you know you look at the quarterback position and. It's just it's what this team really needs right now. I mean, you can say Sam Bradford maybe was showing some progress before he got hurt. I still don't think they're contending for a championship with him as your quarterback. We talked about possibly bringing him back on a one-year deal if he even wants to come back. I mean, you know, I guess it's not impossible that he might even want to leave. He's going to be a free agent. Who knows? But you know, I think it's it's most ideal for the Eagles to get a top pick and draft the quarterback. They haven't done it since Donovan McNabb. And been cont- true championship contenders since Donovan McNabb. I'm not saying getting that top pick and getting that quarterback necessarily guarantees anything, because they, it could easily be a bust. But you know, I definitely think that's the position that this team needs to go with. Brandon, we we alluded to it at the beginning. Uh, you know, kind of what what are you watching this game for today? You know, obviously you you've got to watch it for the job, but ultimately, what are you hoping to see today? You know, outside of a, a miracle, which we all think will not happen. You know, when you're watching, sitting down to watch this game, are you looking for effort? Are you looking for just a a better showing, a, a quote unquote moral victory? Are you looking at specific players? You know, how do you sit down to to try and attempt to enjoy this game? I, I think I'm watching this game today because I really don't like myself. um yeah yeah, it's pretty much comes down to the moral victory thing which i really don't like you know i really don't like that we have to say that because it's it's just kind of it's you know it's pathetic it's 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 horrible yeah this team has lost or they've allowed 45 points in their last two games and to and to like say we're looking at this game today that you know maybe the eagles only lose by like like 17, that's not so bad. I mean, that's still, it's just a very not fun and not a very good reason to watch the game, honestly. You know, why take a couple out of your hours out of your day just to be like, well, Eagles only lost by 17 points today, and now I feel good. <laughs> I mean, so, but I, I, that's just, I guess, where the point we're at. I, I think, you know, there's, a, there's been a lot of reports out there that, you know, Chip Kelly is likely to return. Uh, Jason Lockham Ford just mentioned that today, just uh, a couple minutes ago, and I, I think those reports are a little premature in the fact that, you know, I, I want to see how this team performs down the stretch. I don't think Chip Kelly can keep getting blown out each week and really justify him returning in 2016. Yeah, there's no way. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they, if this, if this pattern continues, I don't think they can, they can bring him back at all. But BLG, just, to, I guess real quick, if, if you had to, if you had to predict this game, what, uh, how do you think this one ends today? I'm seeing a game that isn't as bad as the last couple of weeks. I'm thinking, you know, the Patriots are a little banged up. Uh, obviously, they're gonna they're gonna win the game no matter what I think. But you know, I, I think they're not gonna be necessarily out in full force. I know some of the Patriots writers from SB Nation are are kind of thinking that, all right, you know, it's, it's not gonna be a huge blowout. So even if they're not thinking a huge blowout, I guess I'll be like, I'll say the, the Eagles lose. 
by 31 to 14. So not quite as bad as the past couple of weeks, but still not very good. <laughs> well, I, it's probably uh, probably no less. Uh, yeah, 31 to 14 doesn't uh, doesn't move the needle for me. I'm probably on the get rid of ship at that point bandwagon as well. So, but uh, BLG, we appreciate it, man. We'll be checking out bleedinggreennation.com and uh, uh, just end the season, man. <laughs> All right, take it easy, guys. Yeah, no, and that's how I feel. I just like I just want this. I, I'm I'm looking towards the draft. You know, I've been on. I think I've, that's that's been kind of going on all month. That was happening in, in November, more or less, of like who's really going to impact this Eagles team because it's just there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of straws to grab on. But at the same time, like I I, I say this, and I don't think that there's I I don't know what Nelson Aguilar is going to produce. I don't know what. You know, Eric Rowe and what his ceiling is. I don't know what any of these guys' ceilings are. I think it's when you and, – and that that's dealing with a, a lot of the offense, especially when you're asking when you're asking him to come in here and it's already a, a dysfunctional offense to start out with, especially those first two weeks that, you know, that kind of came through here. And then you're asking these guys, they're like, yeah, well, why aren't you having an impact? It's just – it's so rare for, I think, that that to happen. And that's why I'm saying, like, I'm I'm tired of picking a 20 and 26 – we all mentioned this, that this was going to be the the cycle. If they won eight or nine games or won the division, you're never going to tr- quite get to that top tier of talent. Uh, not to say that that's not an excuse for drafting poorly or reaching or, or anything. It just, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a way more chance to hit on some of those guys that are uh, – you know, our, our, our difference there. makers. Our, yeah. Absolutely. No, it, it, well, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the, you know, the, the top talent goes at the top of the draft. And obviously you're going to hit on guys late. Jordan Hicks. I mean, it happens all the time. Undrafted guys, Tony Romo, you know, we, we've seen a million examples of it going a bunch of different ways, but in terms of putting yourself in the best chance, best position to have success, to get a difference maker in the draft. Absolutely. You want to be near the top of it. I, there's no question about that. I just there's just doesn't seem to be anyone out there in this draft who really gets you super excited. There's no one, you know. There's not yet anyway. The the hype will come. You know, I think by the time that March rolls around, there's going to be a, a can't miss guy, and that board will change uh, a, a bunch of different times. But uh, let's go to uh, Al on a cell, see what he's thinking. Al, what's going on, man? Good morning, gentlemen. Yo, Al. What's up, James? What's up, Al? How are you? All right. Uh, let me start out like this. You guys says why do you, does it have to be so at each other? Well, you guys do it just as much as the callers. So, yeah. How so? Well, he just said uh, three callers ago. Oh, that's idiotic. All right. I mean, it's all about opinions because neither one of you can tell me you know what Chip's going to do any better. Agree. Than I oh, absolutely. No question. And, I, and I'll give you a perfect example. You just ran a commercial. You can sit in your mom's basement nowadays and get an MBA, never even take your pajamas off. Sure. So so anybody can be an expert. I don't care what who said and said what. Sure. Said. No, no. We're just, But that, you know, that's what we do. Al. We, we, you know, it's just a report. <laughs> you know, Jason Lockenfore is a reporter. He says, no, I likely. Did it. I did it. And I understand it. And I listen to James. You know, I listen more yeah, than anybody. Absolutely. No, always have, Al. Uh, okay, but what I'm just saying is that let's remember, it's, it's all opinions. We should all stop yelling sure. at each other. Yeah, no, yeah. Th- look, we're in the opinion business, right? That's what yep. we do here. You know, yeah. we, we talk opinions radio, and we try baby. and base them with, with facts or base them with some sort right. of, of reasonable, pragmatic type of way of looking at things. But, you know, sometimes it, it's there, there's a passion involved, there's emotion involved, right. and, and it can kind of spiral Especially in a very... In Philadelphia. 
Yeah, of course. And it can, it can kind of get, you know, heated or get, you know, right. get into a black and white type of thing. All right. All right. So now I'm going to give you my opinion. I don't, I agree with you. I don't think Jeff's getting rid of him. I think he's going on his own. I've been saying this, James, you know, I've been saying mm-hmm. it, it's, he's playing a poker game. He pushed all in. He's getting ready to take the bad beat. He knows it. Okay. He's going to move on. And I, I have history on my side. He did it to Oregon. He first turned down Laurie, and then when he found out he was suspended, he was coming here. If you look, at, and everybody goes, oh, Texas is out of the picture. Texas this, Texas that, right? Look at Charlie Strong's contract. Look at it. Don't look it up. Google it. It's set up for them to get out of there if Chip shows up, and he can show up late in the game, and there's plenty of money in Texas. There's no way you repair this in a year or two. He needs to. Jason Kelsey's too late in the ass. It shouldn't be playing center. No, well, so and Al, almost a whole offensive line. Al, no, I know, I know. Al, I know what you're saying. We and, appreciate and, that. Yeah, Thanks, we appreciate buddy. the call. And, and Charlie Strong, though, a, a big win against Baylor yesterday, maybe helping to uh, keep him there a little bit longer. And and I think, just a uh, side note, I think that'd be crazy for them to get rid of Charlie Strong already. What was it, two years? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Came into a mess left by Matt. I mean, really? But that that's neither here nor there. And I think Al's right. Look, Chip could leave on his own. I actually think if Chip is not here next year, I think it's more likely unless, again, like we talked about, they just, you know, this this 45 points a game continues and they get just their doors blown off week after week. Different story. But if they start to play at least mediocre like they did earlier in the season, I think it's more likely Chip leaves on his own than gets fired. Yeah, and I, I, I think if he's, uh, if he's going anywhere, he's staying in the NFL. I think so, too. Um, it, you know, that's, I think he I wants think to win on the NFL level. I don't think that he wants to, uh, you know, leave with his tail between his legs. I really don't. And I get Al's point where it's just like, you know, he left Oregon in the same fashion. He wasn't going by until the, you know, the sanctions were threatened. Yeah, and there were but, sanctions, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. left because he wasn't, you know, he was going to have to deal with the sanctions. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he has to deal with a mess here, but at the same time, he also is invested in that mess somehow. And it's it's not like there's you know, restrictions to fixing that. He's just got to try and fix it. And again, we're not saying he will or can, just a little bit different situation when you're going to make that comparison. Yeah, and I, I get that too. I Like, there's no there's no tangible thing that we can go and say, oh, yeah, he's going to fix this because there's no, you know. There's I mean, no, and, that's what, and that's what scares me too is just like, well, geez, if he can't, the adjustments that he may or may not, that's, a, you know, you touched on a point with Field and it's just, I, I think there's, there's a time where you know it's okay to be simple. It's okay to execute simple offenses. Yeah, we we talk about being figured out, but there's there, you know whatever sixty five seventy percent of teams in the NFL run the West Coast offense in some version of it. So I I think that's I think that's uh, that's fine to run the simple things, but it's just there are it, it is it gets to a point where it can be too simple, and I don't know if that's just because of personnel. I don't know what it is. There's just they, Chip gets so locked into his starters. And the whole, like, this is what drives me nuts, more or less. This is why I'm saying, like, Chip Kelly, the coach, drives me more nuts than Chip Kelly, the GM, has. To, to say that Miles Austin and Riley Cooper, we look at them as one player, uh, well, yeah. I look at a, a, a bag of beep boop, yeah. and, that's, and that's, like, that's where I'm at with it. Like, why, why on earth are you so locked in to those guys starting all the time? Just get, get Huff playing. I don't care if Huff fumbles or anything else at this point like you have to see if these guys can play in their second year you have to have something something just just do it if it's it's not working 
Stop running into a, a brick wall here. Bring back the stacks. Bring back the you know the two by two. Yeah. Where are the tunnel screens? Where are all those good simple package plays that we've missed from the past couple of years? Yeah, that just make it a little different. Just throw something different at them. I, I agree hundred percent. And and it's it's just frustrating to watch the way it's kind of uh, reverted. You know, the way it's kind of gone yeah. from something that was exciting and something that was fun to to something that is 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 trash to watch on the field. It's awful to watch this offense. There's nothing dynamic, and that's my big thing when you're talking about a guy like Josh Huff. A couple games ago, right, 39-yard touchdown, he doesn't get a target again. This team isn't good enough from a playmaker perspective to not give him the ball. Yeah, You don't have explosive guys on this team. That, that's what you're lacking. You're lacking playmakers. How can you not give one of your few guys who has some sort of explosiveness the not give him the ball? It, it's it's that is perplexing. Uh, Darren Sproles, another one of your few guys with some level of explosiveness, two touches last game. What is that? Yeah, what, well, yeah, what is that? Especially with the way that Murray was <laughs> again. We that's where you kind of get. We've always heard. Oh yeah, Chip Kelly's going to play the best player no matter what, et cetera, et cetera. But not when he's the GM, because that's that's the that's the crux that you run into. So if you make those mistakes as a GM, he's going to try and force the issue. Because he's got an ego. We've we've of course seen everybody that. does. He Every wants to prove that he was does. right as a GM. He was like, I signed Murray for a reason. This guy fits my offense. I'm going to pound him, and it'll work. And, and and that's that's where the complaints should lie in the yeah. in the inability to change there, the inability to acknowledge, hey. All right, I, I kind of screwed this signing up, and maybe it'll you know we can figure out a better way to make it work, or or coaching himself out of those situations. Instead, it's been like a blockheaded kind of just uh, you know again trying to uh, uh, square peg in a round hole kind yeah, of thing. Take the L, man. <laughs> take yeah. the loss on it. Yeah. Like it's if you can do that with uh, if you can do that with personnel, you need to be able to do that while you're coaching too. And that's where it's just you know, I just kind of throw my hands up in the air and just like, you know, you're, you're trying to win. Now you're trying to win football games. If these were, if these were how he moves, you would adjust to it. You shoved Marcus Smith into a, into the bench, no matter what, like, you're like, screw that. I'm not, pl- I'm not playing that. Yeah. But you, Which he did do last yeah, that's year. What I mean, I'm that's saying. kind so, of where he went. Uh, Cut yeah. him. At this yeah, point, yeah, cut some, make it. That's where I want to make uh, Miles, a statement. I, Miles Austin, I I know that you know it's like you hear people. Oh, does that really make a statement? Does that really do anything? It does. It does something. Even if not in that locker room, cutting Miles Austin would do something for this fan base. A fan base that has put up with so much crap this year, out of uh, excitement and all that we as a fan base were heading into this season with, for it to. To, to go the way it has, give us something. Cut Miles Austin. Cut Riley Cooper. Yeah. It's, Just, it's, it's way past the they point. They should of not be on the team. Yeah, no, and that's uh, that's why it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> as I see uh, Matt Lombardo peeking in with both eyebrows up uh, at uh, at James Elton, him and uh, Mr. Uh, Joe Stays uh, coming up at uh, ten a.m. Yes. Can't also, wait. and we're, we've been talking about this all you know all freaking morning here. And what is it? What is it going to take for you to get the Eagles? Get back on the you know the bandwagon, assuming that you're off here. That's what we're asking with the Collision Max vote of the day. Uh, just head to 97.5 The Fanatic to cast your vote. Is it A, Chip Kelly getting fired? Does that make you feel, give, give you the feels in your tummy? Uh, or is it uh, you know uh, a win to get him back in the first place in the NFC East? Is it the signs of improvement? Or is it just nothing? 
I'm, I'm completely done with this team and move on. So go to 975thefanatic.com, cast your vote for that. It's brought to you by Collision Max, Auto Body, and Glass Centers, uh, and Abria Company. Uh, same great people, same great service. One common goal, getting you back in the driver's seat quickly and conveniently. Uh, yeah, well, l- real quickly, let's go to Akeem, or excuse me, check that. Let's go to Len in Swedesboro. Len, you're on the Fanatic. Hey, what's up, fellas? Yeah, what's, up, what's going on? Uh, uh, now, Chip Kelly. Now, when he came into the league, he was supposed to be this innovator. He was supposed to be an outlier. So, to me, you can't judge him the way you judge other coaches. You can use the, oh, he doesn't have his quarterback for all other coaches, but not for the supposed smartest guy in the room. He was supposed to be able to come up with ways to make his offense work with anybody, and he's not able to do that because he got rid of the guys that made his offense go his first year, got rid of him. His second year, his other receiver that he kept, he had his most productive season. He let him go. And with the running back that made his offense go, he let him go. Yeah, but they didn't put those numbers up until he got here. It goes both ways. Uh, That's hold, a- on, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, the, guy, the first guy he got rid of was a two-time pro bowler before he got pro rid of Pro bowls mean nothing. Pro Bowls okay. mean nothing. Uh, at his rookie season, he was a pro bowler. But uh, was Nick Foles a was a pro bowler. Huh? MVP. Nick Foles was the M- pro bowling MVP. Uh, no, we're talk- we're How's everyone about that, doing? We're talking about that number 10. We're talking about the number 10. No, and I know what you're saying, Len. I, yeah, Len, I get what... the, Look, and we're, I acknowledge it. I, look. They, the talent of him, yes. Yes, the talent is there. And, and yeah. I got why he made the moves he got. He made. Look, you're right. Like, I, I have said that. I agree with you in the sense that I think that we have not seen him coach his way out of stuff here enough. Right. We have not seen him adjust and say, all right. I screwed up as a GM. This talent isn't working. What can I do from a coaching perspective to fix that? You're right. absolutely right. And and I always said, I think I said it last week, I think the job that John Fox did in Denver with Tim Tebow is one of the more underrated coaching performances I've seen because I <laughs> know, but you know what? He, he changed everything. He yeah. said, all right, I'm yeah. going to, uh, this offense will be completely different and I'm going to mold it to Tim Tebow. We, I, I agree with you, Len. I think that's a fair point. We need to see some sort of adjustment there where he says, all right, this isn't working. How can I coach out of this because I don't have the talent? Exactly. And fair yeah, point. And to the guy, Field Yates, you know what an excellent coach does? An excellent coach doesn't play Bradley Fletcher for two years. An excellent coach sees Bradley Fletcher for three games and says, you know what, this guy well, can't Well, you can't really. I mean, I'm like, I understand. No, I, I completely agree with that. But at the same time, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah that, I think that was they, – they've acknowledged that Billy Davis uh, even said it was a mistake. I don't know if he's covering for Chip or whatever. But that's where – again, that's where the continuity thing kind of comes into play as a coach where he won't replace the starters and how bad or worse it's going. I don't know if yeah. sticking Nolan Carroll in there at that point would have made a big difference. But I, 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 think I, it- I, I give him a semi-pass because – there was no depth there. Yeah, None. I know. And I, I know. But at the same time, it's also that, that you know, with Billy Davis and all this stuff is is the whole excuse of just saying, oh, Billy does it. I'm not going to mess with Billy. You know what? Maybe at a certain point you should mess with it. You should kind of get your face in there and say, all right, I'm not going to call the game for you. But look, Eric Rowe's been on Calvin Johnson. And we've just, you know, just as an example, or, or Bradley Fletcher is getting burned. Let, let's try something here. Uh, BGN Radio uh, right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. It's John Barcher and James Elser coming back with more of your calls right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. The most likely scenario is that Chip is back in Philadelphia, and the season has not gone anywhere close to his plan, guys. And, but, and call me nuts, but I still think Chip is an excellent football coach. Not a good one, an excellent. What does Phil Yates know anyway? <laughs> okay, Field, you are nuts. Yeah, I've seen a fair amount of that on uh, Twitter. It's uh, BGN Radio. I presented by BleedingGreenNation.com. John Barcher, James Seltzer on 97.5 The Fanatic. I'll say, Field Yates knows football. That's it. And I'm not saying Jim's an excellent coach because, you know, 
yet to be determined in my mind. But uh, Field Yates knows football, whatever else you want to say. And it's kind of interesting, too, is just this Eagles-Patriots history. You know, they're, they're even. They're dead even uh, all time here. But the, the, they've definitely gotten the uh, the ladder of... Uh, Obviously, you know the Super Hasn't Bowl. Been good lately. That's what I was like. I, I, I was looking over at Andrew Salchunas. I was like, "You trying to depress me more?" This today? morning, yeah, we walk in and he's recording highlights from the <laughs> Super Bowl loss. I'm like, "What are you doing to us? Aren't we as a fan base depressed enough right now? Do we, do we really need to go back to that time?" Uh, last time they actually beat the Patriots was in 1999. It was uh, McNabb's rookie season. Somehow, Coit Detmer was starting though. It was in December, so I don't really remember how they kind of played out because I swore McNabb was was there like through. At least the the latter half of the season. Well, but. no, it was a while. It was Peterson for a while, and then eventually McNabb came in towards the end of the season. But maybe there was a game where where Detmer played for some reason or another. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Torrent Small, you remember? <laughs> I don't remember. Torrent Small, of course, I remember Torrent Small. Yeah, Mike Mamula, three sacks that game. I, I do not remember. I will be honest. Dietrich Gels. Huh? I, I, yeah, <laughs> I have zero idea that none. None. Uh, you know, uh, Drew Bledsoe, uh, four interceptions that game. Two from Troy Vincent. The Al Harris, bring back the dreads. Uh, Jeremiah Tr- uh, Trotter, our own Jeremiah Trotter, who will be a part of the Fanatic pregame show uh, with Devon Givens, Michael Bradley. Uh, we'll be broadcasting live today from Misconduct Tavern at 18th and JFK in Center City. Show starts at 1 o'clock. It's going to take you right up until kickoff after the game. Of course, you got our boy uh, Shander and Brooks. Uh, for the post-game show from South Bowl on Orange, or excuse me, on Oregon Avenue in uh, South Philly. Uh, also, you can join uh, our own friend John Marks. He's going to be uh, at the Fanatic uh, away game viewing party at Xfinity Live this afternoon at four thirty. Again, twenty-five grand if you stick around till halftime. Got a chance to win that too. So, uh, very exciting stuff. Is uh, of course we already mentioned Lombo and Shander uh, coming in. Uh, Lombo and Sazak. So, oh yeah, what am I talking about? I'm, I see I'm, I'm getting all confused. Yeah, here. sorry, yeah, Joe. Tighten it up, John. <laughs> Let's go back now, to... Especially after such an amazing segue from the Jeremiah Trotter in that right. New England game uh, into the pregame. You were, you were flying high, and then... You know, just like the Eagles, it just it just all went to crap. Uh, let's go back to the phones with Akeem on a cell. Akeem, what's going on, bud? Hey, guys. Um, just want to say I love the show. Love all your Twitter presences. You guys are all knowledgeable, funny. Um, all you guys are great. Thanks, Thanks brother. Um, Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, I, just, I live in Boston, so I just want to give you the perspective of an Eagles fan in Boston. Yeah, that'd be great. There's a certain level of delusion here. <laughs> <laughs> about the Patriots. They are, I will, uh, honestly, they are the best team of the last 10 years. No one's going to talk about, you know, they not being that. But there's, there's a level of delusion that happens around here where it's kind of the, like the opinion that the Patriots invented football. They reinvented the wheel while winning all these games and, or, you know, this, this unstoppable. Well, to be fair, I mean, in the last 15 years, they pretty much have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all true, but I mean, there's. I wanted to make, talk about something a few, um, actually, a month ago, where um, one of the better shows on the radio here, they were talking about the lack of a run game, and they actually said they think teams are bad because they try to emphasize the run. A good team will do whatever, which I mean, a good team can do whatever they want to do if they want to throw on you all game and they are successful at it. They're going to do that, but. They said that by emphasizing the run, teams that want to be a run-first team are bad teams. 
Yeah, but I agree with the general principle of of a good team should be able to run on you when that's the best matchup and pass on you when that's the best matchup. Yes, obviously. And I think Belichick, that's that's one of the hallmarks, right? That this guy, every single game, finds the best way to attack that opponent and to stop that opponent and is able to employ it on the field. Yeah, I think they try. The, the, what they do is they try and take out your best player on yeah, both sides defend, of the ball. Yeah, sure. I, I don't think Kelly has, has done that. I, I actually don't think he has the personnel to do that, really. I think he's just, he's still kind of doing whatever the defense, whatever the offense, whatever they're, whatever the other guys aren't doing, I, see, then they'll kind of try and exploit yeah, that. Yeah, I think that, but I almost think that Kelly uh, Chip has, has been a little over the top with his matchups heading into games. I think he, that's kind of, you know, he's caught himself a little bit from a coaching perspective in, in going in and just trying to target. We're, they're linebackers. You know, that's the matchup. We're going after it. We're going after it. We're going after it. Instead of kind of going in with a, with a general game plan, but being willing to kind of adjust off of that. I feel like he's tried to kind of pound that a little too much sometimes. Uh, let's go to our good friend Charles in the Northeast. Charles, what's happening, man? John, James, love the show, guys. Thanks, Thanks Charles. Bud. Let me show this guy's okay. Eagles going to shock the world today. They're going to shock the world. Here's why. This game sets up for the Eagles to win this game. I, listen, I know it sounds ridiculous, and I agree. Even I'm it, do, it does sound it, ridiculous. It does. They're going to win this game 34-17. Oh, oh my man. god! No, Not just a win, an easy win. Let me let me rip something off of whatever you're smoking today, my friend. I appreciate it. I called Joe the camera this week, and I got some heat for this, even for my own cousin, that I called the fans quitters. And you know what? I told him, and I'll tell everybody listening, I stick by it. Fans have quit on this team. And there's two forces at work here, okay? The one is Chip Kelly, the Chip Kelly detractors. And listen, I'm not saying Chip's had the best year. He hasn't. But these people who don't like Chip act like he's never done anything. This would be his first losing season. I still don't think it's going to be a losing season, by the way. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you think they win? They win? They're they're only losing a a max of one game over the rest of the season? Wow, Charles. Wow. And, And here's another thing, too. Then you get the people. I just heard Len, who love their guys. You know, they built shrines of these guys. You know, you know the Sean Jackson, the Sean McCoys. Well, I hate to break the bubble, but here's the fact of the matter. Number one, they didn't win anything with them guys. These guys don't like to hear that, but they didn't. Number two, there's no guarantee they would be that much better with these guys. It's not a coincidence that the Redskins, there's big rumors, Washington's going to cut the Sean Jackson. Well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, we, can, we can go yeah. a No, but, times. but I mean, he makes some good points. Not, the, not that they're going to win. I, I don't think yeah, that's yeah. happening. But, you know, there are points where I do think sometimes we get a little too carried away with the guys we like to root for or liked to watch and, and – you know, kind of get caught up in... That's what happens when you yeah, start losing. You start going back to those yeah. things and like, yeah, and those were good times. And it's also part of being a fan, right? You're rooting for these guys as well as this team. Obviously, it all comes back to the laundry, but you still, you know, grow you know, affectionate for these type of people when you watch them that long and root for them. You know, it happens. Yeah, Charles, they're four and seven, man. Like, it's not like yeah, they're right. going to, like, you, you, it's it's okay to be like, yeah, I'm done with this team. Like, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't fall No, anybody. I don't think people are quitting. They're, they're, it's a bad team. Let's go to Mike and King of Pressure. Mike, what's going on, bud? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, good. By the way, this favorite show. I love calling in to you guys. Appreciate it, Mike. Best part of Sunday. Um, One thing, uh, Dietrich Gels was the receiver that burned the Eagles in a preseason game, and the Eagles went ahead and didn't let him leave. (laughs) Oh, my God, really? No kidding. Yeah, he burned him for like three touchdowns, and then the Eagles were like, we have to have him. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't do anything that season. Second, Charles from the Northeast should just be revoked. Everything he says is completely wrong. So whatever he says, do the opposite, <laughs> and then and then that's how that's going to play out. 
And thirdly, I just want the Eagles to lose out because I don't want them. They're not going to make the playoffs. And even if they somehow do make the playoffs, they're going to get railroaded. I just want them to get a better pick, maybe get maybe get like a Connor Cook or one of those quarterbacks that's coming out. Maybe I don't oh, know. Don't bring up his them. name today. God almighty. Goff or like, sorry. John's an <laughs> Iowa fan. He's not a Connor Cook is not his favorite person right now. Not your uh, fault. Well, hey, I'm sorry, but you know, I need a quarterback and yes. I need this team yes. to like get on track and they're not going to get on track if they they get into the playoffs and they're like the 23rd pick. And, you know, whatever. I just need them to get – I don't care if they fall apart. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Mike. Here's, here's my – here's my, and, and we appreciate the call. Thank really you so much, buddy. Uh, just because we're up against a break. Right. Yeah. Um, I am i don't – Connor Cook, not because – look, I'm t- taking that out of the equation. Last night was terrible if you're an Iowa fan. That was crushing. Hater. But uh, if you – I am not I, – I, there's no way I could feel comfortable with him or Goff or Lynch, Lynch or, or any of these guys. You cannot – I'm not banking on that. I I do not want this fan base to think that you have to be locked into a quarterback in the first round because, again, there is not much difference between what you're trading off whatever. You're saying, like, okay, Goff's going to give you the accurate, quick-passing thing. You're also taking the arm away. Then you're going over to Lynch. You're saying he's got the arm. He's got some of the mobility. The vision's there, but the accuracy's not there. You know, it's it's kind of all over the place. I think either way, the point, these guys are going to go higher than than their actual value should because of the lack of quarterbacks, the dearth of of legitimate future NFL quarterbacks. What I'm saying is don't do it this year. This is a ponder year. This is a a Christian ponder draft class year. Jake Locker. Jake Locker. It is that. And uh, you're not going to go broke for it. Maybe next year. Maybe next year is the good time to go broke. All right, well, we're going to get into the NFL picks with Kyle Scott. It's coming up at 945. This is BGN Radio with John Barchard and James Elser right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Damn, I'm glad y'all set it off. Used to be hard, now you just went soft. Bert, you was down with the AK. And now I see you on a video with Mitchell Lake. It's BGN Radio on 97.5 The Fanatic. Dude, Cube is awesome. Yeah. So I, like, I, Such an underrated still... lyricist. I, it's a, you know, I wish you would, uh, I don't know. I, I wish you would get. Stop making I, I, like kids movies and yeah, go back yeah, to yeah. being it's kind of like like badass Ice Cube. Yeah. Semi-ruined it for me, but you know. Yeah. I, I, but I can you blame him? He, no. You know, he made, he, he made it. He made, he went from that to, you know, what's he, a hundred millionaires. Hey, good news like is uh, Barbershop 2. Gonna yes. Happen. There Great we go. Great point. Great point. There you go. Uh, yeah, we're uh, you know we're we're getting into uh, just the the last segment here as we uh, welcome on the Comcast Business Hotline from CrossingBroad.com. Mr. Kyle Scott joining us. What's going on this morning, Kyle? How are you? Not much. How are you guys? Uh, well, you know, we're trying to uh, alleviate the depression. I, I guess I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do, what do you uh, what are you exactly looking for uh, today? I'm kind of bummed out because I I think it was this weekend last year that the Eagles were also playing the defending Super Bowl champs, and we sort of viewed it as a, uh, you know, like a matchup. uh, Mm -hmm. Like a litmus test type of thing. Yeah, and now we're we're just hoping that, you know, Fox is not so embarrassing. Fox doesn't cut Uh, away from the game. That's a great Uh, point. That's, I mean, that's how far we've fallen in twelve months. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's at least try and have a little fun with, it. and probably the only thing that's going to keep us interested in this, uh, I mean, semi wretched NFL lineup card this week. Let us get <laughs> to the NFL picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Uh, Brandon Lee Yelton went three and one. Uh, I think I, uh, 
uh, evened out. Uh, Kyle always seems to clean up. I'm not exactly sure how he did, but uh, we're going to try and roll through this thing and make some money today. Mr. Salchunas, where are we heading to first, my friend? The three and eight Dallas Cowboys head to Washington, where Kirk Cousins and the five and six Redskins look to stay in first place. Isn't that weird? Three and eight, five and six, <laughs> first place, fourth place. Washington three and a half favorites. Uh, uh, do you like that, Mister Kyle Scott, being uh, Washington a four point favorite today? Uh, the fact that they're four point favorites for anything this season, let alone against the team <laughs> that was supposed to be, you know, the class of this division, uh, is. Just shows you how nuts the NFC East has been. Uh, I'm going to take the Redskins. I, I just think the Cowboys, like, you know, you just can't, you just can't, like, come back from that and play respectable football. I think the Redskins win by a touchdown. Oh, the there, it is. There, there it is. There it is. I'm going the opposite of my strategy last week. Last week, I, I did the smart strategy of following Kyle with my picks. This week, I'm saying, screw it. I don't even care. Uh, I'll give you one stat here. Dallas as a dog by more than a field goal. 18 and four against the spread in their last 22. Hey, hey. It's a good one. I'm going to, I'm going to more than anything. I think these teams both stink like the entire division does. I'm taking the points. Yeah. I think, uh, I hate to say this. But I'm going to go against you again, Kyle. Cause I, I think it's, um, for whatever reason, Dallas, like there's no way Dallas should win this football game. Washington's at home. Everything's going forward here. I just feel a, a semi upset today because no one, no one, literally no one wants to win the NFC East. Andrew, where are we going next? <laughs> next, we head to the Battle of East Rutherford, New Jersey, where the quote unquote New York Jets, the, <laughs> the, the away team, head to New York Giants. Jets are two and a half favorites. This is a East Rutherford, New Jersey, yes. not New York. Just yes. wanted to two, throw that out there. Two New York teams playing in New Jersey, their homes in New Jersey. You can smell the garbage from here, and I love it. Uh, I, I think that. Undoubtedly, these teams are are basically at the same point of their season, and I I, I kind of like what the line is screaming here, Kyle. I'm going to go ahead and take the Jets and the points. Where are you heading in this one? Uh, first of all, I love this narrative that I'm always right. I, I don't think it's accurate. <laughs> Kyle, you don't point. say that. You don't say that. Don't don't Just let don't them go back the to the tape. Yeah, I would be a terrible handicapper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is a toss-up. I've always been fascinated, seriously. Like, when the Lakers and Clippers used to play, I've always been fascinated against teams that are, like, the away team in their own building and, like, they're in their locker room, but they walk out and yeah. all like, the banners and stuff. Yeah. That blows my mind. Uh, I don't know. This is a toss-up. They're very evenly matched. I think the line, I, I, I think the Giants cover. It's like a one-point Jets win, so I'll take the Giants. Uh, all right, how about this? I'm going to... Uh, uh... Ring the bell on Kyle. Agree with John again, which scares me. Uh, the Giants versus team with a winning record are three and sixteen straight up, and six and thirteen against the spread in the last nineteen. That's a stat that tells me the Jets, even though the Jets haven't beat the Giants since nineteen ninety three, I think that changes today. I think the Jets win and, and win by a, a touchdown. Yeah, I, it's uh, yeah. Where are we heading to next, Andrew? We got the uh, second place six and five Seahawks going to Minnesota to take on the first place eight and three Minnesota Vikings. That's that's weird to say. Seahawks are actually one and a half favorites. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I don't know, James. I, how are you feeling about this one? Because this is this is my close uh, matchup of the game. I, I would stay away from this one. Th- th- this is clearly the matchup of the week. Uh, you know, I think we could say that pretty handily. Uh, and, and when you look at the actual, you know, the the trends, they kind of battle each other. Uh, Seahawks in December, fourteen two and one against the spread. Uh, you know, starting in two thousand five at home, sixty two and thirty against the spread. You know, uh, but at the same time, the Vikings in December, eleven two against the spread. All the trends playing 
against each other. Because of that, I'm going to take the home dog. Uh, I'll take the points in this spot. I don't really know who's a better team or not. I'm just going to take the points and hope for the best at home. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to take Minnesota here because I just, you know, Seattle, the East-West thing, that's one of my favorite trends to always go against, uh, even though it's kind of in the middle of the country. I understand that. But I, I just, I'm feeling, uh, I'm looking California, but I am feeling Minnesota. Kyle, who do you have in this one? Uh, I'm going to ring it here. Uh, this, <laughs> yes. This, this line is, is is shouting at you. I mean, you got you got a 6-5 and five team against an 8-3 and three team uh, on the road and their favorites. Look, the Seahawks, it, it was right about this point last year, that Eagles game, where they really started finding their stride. I know they're a different team, but you, first of all, they've won four out of their last five, and their last three losses have come to the Cardinals, Bengals, and Panthers, teams with a combined record of, I believe, 29-4. and four. Uh, and all of those games were close. Uh, they're they're a very they're still a very good team. The line is in their favor. Uh, I think this is this is the week where they finally get that that big win they've been looking for. Those are some good stats. Yeah, I, he no, almost I like convinced that. me. I almost want to flip my <laughs> no, like, change it up, change it up. Uh, also interesting. I'm I'm noticing a little line movement on on the big one here. What's going on uh, with the the Eagles and the uh, Patriots here, Andrew. Well, you got minus nine and a half. I got minus eight. So all of a ah, sudden, moved. Yeah, Patriots are minus only eight. minus yep. eight. Still, if you go, if you go, Eagles, ring the bell. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know it started it's at minus thirteen. It's getting back down to eight. I don't know. Is Vegas yelling uh, possible? Tra- I don't know. I, 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 I'm still taking New England in the points here, Kyle. Are you moving anyway uh, off of this since the lines come down, Kyle? Well, if you, if you recall, last week I said they were the Patriots. You did. Lose, he called a win here. The first of their yeah. uh, losing streak. The Eagles have had nine plus days to prepare. Patriots played on Sunday night. Bit of a short week. The Gronk injury banged up offense. No options for Tom Brady. A little bit of a trap here. I, Eagles. Eagles win. Oh, oh, whoa, look goodness. at that. Whoa. <laughs> they, they, this, these guys don't get up for anything. If, if, there's, if they're still human and there's one game yes. they can get up for, it's a it's Patriots game on the road. These guys still have pride, I, I hope. Uh, and now they're also probably playing for some contracts. So I think the Eagles win. Kyle, oh, man, I, I, love I, I love that. I love that. And I do love the reasoning for it because I, we didn't even get into it. I wanted to. But if these guys have any heart or, or any, you know, gumption or whatever as players, they're going to show up for this game with everything that has happened over the last week, not even for their coach, for themselves, for them getting ripped, for the, the question of heart. Uh, I'm with you. I think they show up, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think it'll be a, a surprisingly close game. I think the Eagles lose by three or three to seven somewhere within eight points i'm gonna go three but uh i love the pick kyle and it'd be amazing if it happened kyle we appreciate it bud we will we'll talk to you again next week and uh hopefully if you're right man this is uh it'll be a fun week we appreciate I'm it i'm gonna bud. need my own music if they win <laughs> it's true no you yes, will it, yeah it, it won't be the olivia munn game it'll be the kyle scott game <laughs> there you go perfect kyle we appreciate it crossingbroad.com check it out as always uh thank you to everybody for listening we've got the big hammer we got matt Lombardi. We got Joe Stasek, then the uh, Fanatic pregame show coming up after that. Who knows? We can get pretty exciting if the uh, if Kyle is right here. It's been BGN Radio with John Barcher and James Zelter right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. B-A-T-L-E-S-E!